All right, thanks for joining me. You're listening to the Semitic Jew Podcast. If you're listening for the first time, be sure to subscribe, rate, and share the podcast, which helps the podcast reach people who may enjoy this content. I greatly appreciate you. In addition, SemiticJew.org is undergoing massive changes, so be on the lookout for an updated website here soon. Now, Last week, we read through Genesis chapter 4, verses 19 to 18. Again, that is Genesis chapter 4, verses 19 to 18. In those verses, we were given insight into the history of Cain's life after he murdered his brother Abel. So much happened after he, after he murdered Abel. He knew his wife. Her name is not mentioned, but logic tells us there were more people at the time, you can cross-reference Genesis chapter 5 to find that information. His wife brought their firstborn into existence, whose name was Enoch. The naming of five generations would ensue. But we left off here at the birth of Lamech. And this is where we pick up our historical narrative, beginning in Genesis chapter 4, verse 19. Now, if you've listened for the first time, you know how I like to pretty much outline this episode or outline every episode. I begin by reading the entire passage, and then after reading the entire passage, we go verse by verse, and we exegete the text. Okay, so that's what we're going to do. In this episode, we're going to look specifically at Genesis chapter 4, verses 19 to 24. Okay. And I'm beginning in verse 19. And Lamech took upon him two wives. The name of the one was Ada and the name of the other Zillah. And Ada bore Jabal. He was the father of such as dwell in tents and of such as have cattle. And his brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all such as handled the harp and organ. And Zillah, who bore Tubal Cain, an instructor of every artificer in brass and iron, and the sister of Tubal Cain was Nama. Verse 23, and Lamech said unto his wives, Ada and Zillah, hear my voice, ye wives of Lamech, hearken unto my speech, for I have slain a man to my wounding and a young man to my hurt. If Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, truly Lamech, seventy and sevenfold. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son and called his name Seth. For God said, she hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. And to Seth, to him also there were born a son, and he called his name Enosh. Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. All right, so I'm going to omit verses 25 and 26. I'm going to deal with that in the next episode. I'm o- I only want to deal specifically with Lamech's descendants here, because I believe that when we speak about Shem and Shem's descendants, there is a break in what is transpiring in the earth at that time. So we're only going to be looking at verses 19 to 24 in this episode. Now that we've read the passage, let's exegete the text. And if you're listening for the first time, exegete is a fancy theological term, which means you're reading out what is in the text. You're reading out, let's suppose if your parents wrote a letter to you, and they laid out various things, 
you would read out of that. You wouldn't read into it. Oh, my mom is actually saying this. or My dad is actually saying this when it is explicitly written what they're trying to say to you. So that's called exegesis. Many people eisegete the text, which means they read themselves into the text or they read other ideas into the text that is not necessarily the author's intention. We will not do that here, nor will we ever. If I do mention, I will always give a side note and say, hey, this is conjecture. It's not necessarily scripture. Okay. Nevertheless, the characters in each passage of scripture are very important. Many people get bored and they're like, oh my gosh, this character list. I mean, where do I start? Well, first of all, they're Hebrew names. You can uh, find a dictionary or lexicon. Usually the, uh, usually the context will tell you what their names mean, which is very intuitive in scripture. It's a beautiful thing. But nevertheless, the characters are very important. Every character is very important. Every piece of scripture is very important, even the parts that people assume to be boring. So in these next few episodes, it's going to feel like a character study to your benefit, again, because we are characters. I remember Shakespeare once said that we're all actors on a stage, so to speak. Well, you are a character and you are um, a unique character. So the biblical characters are unique in their own right, and we need to study them as we are studying the text. So the characters in each passage of scripture are very important. Many people run from them, but they are very important. I cannot say that enough. And we can learn much from understanding each character. All right, let's begin. So verse 19, and Lamech took upon him two wives. The name of the one was Ada and the name of the other Zillah. After learning Cain married and had children, five generations are listed. Lamech is the fifth in line here. Okay, keep that in mind. You can trace that uh, actually very easily from Cain all the way to Lamech. Is, Lamech is the fifth son in line. Okay, the text says Lamech took upon himself two wives. According to Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, Man was given a commandment to leave and cleave. Now, this is evidence of the first transgression of the law of marriage mentioned on record in history. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. There's another verse in Isaiah for the ladies who believe that that mandate is only for men. Men should only leave their mother and father and cleave, but a woman doesn't necessarily have to leave her father and her mother and cleave. Well, that's a logical fallacy. And again, that verse is in the book of Isaiah. I believe it's Isaiah 45, but you can find it. Um, now, um, there are commandments, obviously, here for, uh, not necessarily here for, plurality, but singularity. Okay. <clears throat> you gotta, so we gotta, we gotta make mention of that because obviously it says here, Genesis chapter two, verse 24, therefore shall a, shall a man leave his father and his mother and cleave unto his wife, singular, not his wives, plural. That was the standard originally. Lamech's wives, their names are mentioned here in the text. 
Now, I won't get into timelines here, but I will mention in passing that we are approximately 500 to 600 years after the creation of man on the earth. Just 500 to 600 years approximately removed from creation, the beginning of creation. His wives, Ada and Zillah, are the, or excuse me, those are the names of Lamech's wives. Ada's name means ornament or woman, which could hold many different explanations. By definition, ornament means something used for external uh, beauty rather than intrinsic beauty. For example, an ornament on a tree is used to adorn the tree, but it says nothing about the intrinsic value of the ornament itself. The definition of morning is the period of time between midnight and noon, just by definition. Now, Zilla's name means shadow, and by definition, a shadow is created when light is blocked on either side. Now, of course, we can speculate. This could mean, uh, this could be a reference of the time in which he decided to marry those women. He could have married Ada first, which, which would imply, uh, which, which we could deduce from the fact that her name was mourning. And then we could also, uh, say that Zilla came second, right. Uh, based on the fact that her name was shadow or her name means shadow. But again, that's just speculation. And that would be me reading into the text. I again, so it's not necessarily warranted here, but those are what those names mean. And so again, names have special meaning. What those names mean in this context, it's not really clear, but again, that's not the author's purpose. Um, <clears throat> based upon this verse alone, we arrive at a dilemma. Okay. So I want to go back to it, verse 19 and it says, and Lamech took upon himself two wives. The name of the one was Ada and the name of the other is Zillah. Okay. So there's a dilemma here, right? Lamech is the first polygamist because again, we read in Genesis chapter two, verse 20, verse 24. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and cleave unto his wife and the two shall be one flesh. But Lamech here has two wives. So this is contrary to the standard that God gave Adam in the very beginning of creation. And you see not long removed, there is a multiplication of sins in the earth through Cain's line. Cain brought about the death of his brother. Now his children are bringing about more sins in the earth. Lamech is the first polygamist mentioned in mentioned in antiquity. And the purpose of this could be to demonstrate how humans, especially Cain's line, began to sin more and stray from the standard deviation that the Most High set for Adam and Eve at the beginning of creation. So let's say using math and statistic ter terminology, the 99th percentile is, is that a man shall be joined to one wife. Anything less than the 99th percentile is man's doing and considered sinful 
because this deviates from the original mandate found in creation week. There's no way of logically deducing that the names of other polygamists at this time were in the earth, but we can, we can conclude that Lamech must have been the first, not the only one or the last, according to history. So for the record, I need to define polygamist. A polygamist is someone who has more than one wife. A polygamist could be male or female. There's another term used to describe a male who has multiple wives, and this is only used of a male, and that term is polygyny. It's not my goal to discuss the differences between polygamy and polygyny in this episode because this is our first example, but I will discuss why the Most High allowed for the latter in future episodes, meaning that he allowed polygyny to occur in in time, right? Which is why we see polygyny taking place. But again, that is not the standard, okay? Now, verse 20. And Ada, and excuse me, and Ada bear Jabal. He was the father of such as dwell in tents and of such as have cattle. Jabal was the father of those who dwell in tents, which means they could be qualified as nomads or wanderers. This would make sense considering the curse the Most High placed on Cain earlier in Genesis chapter 4. This is also evident that our sins affect our children. Unlike what is taught in false religions, that our children's sins are their own and our children uh, is bringing about certain things that they are causing themselves. That's absolutely false. Our children's sins are ours to bear as well. He, meaning Jabal was the first cattle rancher. He could be described as someone who taught the earth how to domesticate livestock. Now, I need you to keep this in mind as we're reading these uh, historical narratives that there are technically no white people in the earth at this time. Okay. Too many uh, colored people uh, do not get credit for their ability to logically deduce the environment, to logically create things, et cetera, et cetera. After the colonization of Europe by Jewish slavers and European slavers, et cetera, et cetera, the world has been upside down and it's all based on colorism. White can do this. Black can't do this. Nevertheless, when you look at the biblical characters across every church, They're just white characters, which is absolutely false. And it's counterintuitive to anyone who actually studies the scriptures. So I need to make a reference here that there are no white people in the earth here. Okay. There are only dark and brown in the earth here. Because only dark can produce the variance of complexions that we see in the earth. Only dark. All right. That's why they came up with theories about uh, 
the dark races having curses or uh, weren't necessarily from Adam, all kinds of false theories in order to read us out of the text. But that's not the case. Nevertheless, this guy, Jabal, was the first cattle rancher. He also he also uh, is described as someone who basically taught the earth how to domesticate livestock. Incredible. Now, verse 21, and his brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all such as handled the harp and organ. His brother Jubal was a magician, uh, musician, and he fathered those who played instruments, meaning they knew metallurgy. Now, since this is 600 years after the creation of mankind, it's interesting to note the skills that they're uh, that they have and that they possess and that they're uh, bringing about in the earth just since removed from creation. And now if you don't, if you're not familiar with that term metallurgy, metallurgy is the branch of science dealing with uh, the production uh, and purification of medical, uh, excuse me, of metals. Now in particular, he was the father of the harp and organ or the lyre and pipe, just to make a reference. Now verse 22, and Zilla, she also bare Tubal Cain, an instructor of every artificer in brass and iron, and the sister of Tubal Cain was Nama. Lamech's second wife bore Tubal Cain, named after their forefather or grandfather, Cain. He forged all kinds of tools of bronze and iron, meaning the potential for war or the potential for uh, tools, etc., had grown exponentially. From this text, Cain's children seem to be very skilled with their hands and understanding the environment that they had come to. They each branded their own industry. Now, the end of this verse mentions a woman by the name of Nama. It says nothing more about her here but we could deduce the text is telling us that they had more than, than just male children, even though male children are being mentioned primarily because the seed follows the male. Uh, they make mention of his sister Nama to help us understand that there were women being born into the earth as well. They also had female children. So we need not consider that, just because the men are being named here, therefore women aren't in the text. Okay. Verse 23, and Lamech said unto his wives, Ada and Zillah, hear my voice, ye wives of Lamech, hearken unto my speech, for I have slain a man to my wounding, a young man to my hurt. This verse tells us that Lamech basically committed murder. In other translations of verse 23, we deduce that this young man and Lamech had some disagreement some type of disagreement. The text is not explicit about that disagreement. They argued and the and they engaged in hand-to-hand -hand combat. Lamech eventually took the young man's life. For some to walk away, obviously, is the better action. But for Cain's seed, there seems to be this desire to stand ground and fight and eventually kill if they feel the desire to do so. 
which is very interesting. Verse 24, if Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, truly Lamech, 70 and sevenfold. Lamech's attitude for murdering his, murdering this young man is the reason we can deduce that Lamech took this scuffle too far. No doubt he knew the history of Cain murdering his brother. But did he care? Absolutely not. It was all about Lamech. It was all about uh, Lamech solving his own issues whether, rather than uh, yielding in this case. And according to Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 11, it says, because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, meaning, in other words, judgment does not necessarily come to human beings and it didn't necessarily come to Cain and it didn't necessarily come to Adam and Eve and it didn't necessarily come to Lamech immediately because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily. Therefore, the hearts of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Okay. So we've seen throughout history and not just in this biblical context that because judgment, because God does not bring judgment against an evil work immediately, guess what? The sons of men, they're like, I'm going to sin and I'm going to sin more and more. That's what Ecclesiastes chapter eight, verse 11 says. And this is what Lamech did. He knew, he said, I'm going to handle this. I'm going to take this into my own hands. I'm going to kill this young man and I'm going to ask for mercy because I know that God is going to be merciful upon me. Cain did not receive a physical judgment immediately. Just like Adam and Eve, they did not die immediately. So Cain didn't receive a physical judgment immediately, but he received a spiritual one. And like the wicked in the earth, they go on sinning more and more without any restraint. Oh, you know, God, God will forgive me. Nobody's perfect. We're all saved by grace through faith. All we have to do is say the name of Jesus and they can go on and be an adulterer. They can go on hating black people. They can go on being racist and storing up anger in their heart against someone who has a different complexion than them. Do you see the fallacy? It makes no sense. It's that that's how you identify the wicked. They justify their actions in order to continue to live in sin. Now, what can we learn from this passage of scripture? If we make a practice of sin, brothers and sisters, sin will claim our hearts and minds, and we will eventually justify evil just like Cain and Lamech. So my prayer for you as I finish this episode is that the most High cover you this week. I pray you stay in God's word this week. I pray that you make your hearts ready this week because our redemption is drawing near. Thanks for listening and joining me in this this episode. I appreciate you more than you know. Join me in the next episode as we look at the birth of Seth right here in the book of Genesis. All praises, all honor, 
and all glory to the Most High. Shalom.